Hey, smart mamas. Welcome to the Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups podcast, a podcast about balancing mom life and work life and everything in between. Being a mama is a hard job. We are three nurse anesthetists reaching out to support and encourage other moms with hectic and chaotic lives. I want to be a nurse anesthetist. No topics are off limits. Relationships, finance, mental health, work. And we aren't sugarcoating anything. No way, hold way. This is real life, real moms, real advice. And we want this to be interactive. We want to hear from you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Hey, Mama, we are super excited to have you back. And we are here today. We have a really cool guest. Laura is a CRNA too, and she's here to talk to us. She actually approached us, but thank God she did because we all want to know about finances and taking care of that debt. So she has an amazing story. Laura, we can't wait to hear it. So why don't you tell us kind of like who you are as a mom, as a CRNA, and tell us your brief story about your debt um, journey. Okay. So I've been married for 14 years and I have, I'm a mom of three boys. They're eight, three, and one. And it was really the birth of my third child that kind of kicked off this whole thing. So my husband and I got married very young. We were 22 and um, just graduated from college and we moved to St. Louis and, and I started working as a nurse and he decided he wanted to go to law school. So you know, immediately we started taking out massive amounts of student loans so that he could attend school. And then partially through um, my nursing career, I decided I wanted to go to anesthesia school. So at one point, both of us were getting our advanced degrees, living on student loans, essentially. Um, Plus we had, you know, we're taking out credit card debt and we had car payments. So then we started having kids and we were quote unquote normal. I mean, we, we were paying our student loans. We were making good money. You know, we were very blessed in that regard that we both have these degrees that allow us these really nice incomes. But, you know, we came from such meager beginnings and we started, you know, making good income. So we felt like we were entitled to be able to splurge. So we bought nicer cars And we went out to dinner a lot and we paid babysitters multiple times a month so that we could go out for date nights and just really living beyond our means. And the whole time, you know, the student loans are still racking interest using credit cards. And before we knew it, we had dug ourselves a nearly $300,000 hole. Now, granted, most of that's a pretty big hole. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But most of it was student loans. So my, but we thought we were fine. You know, we, we could pay our bills. We could take vacations. We could do all of these things, but really we were just kind of staying status quo. Like, yeah, like you weren't getting ahead. No, not at all. But we thought, you know, we're fine. We're able. This is what everyone does, right? Everyone does. Everybody has a car payment. I just have a question. How come you didn't feel like you were in debt? Like, did it not what was your interest rate on those loans and was it not freaking you out? Because I'm, I'm wondering like how you just felt like you were status quo. I, was it not growing in interest? How did, how did that work? It was, but you know, we would look at 
you know, our, our, we were still paying more towards principal than we were to enter. So we were paying them down, so to speak, but not at a very fast rate. And our interest rates, we both graduated with our professional degrees in 2009 and 2010 when the stock market and we had had the recession and um, interest rates were really high. And so we were paying, you know, 8.6% on our student loan interest rate. We, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about consolidating student loans and I'll kind of talk about that in a, a little bit, but we, so we, we felt we were fine. We could pay the bills. We had some in savings for a rainy day. We, I mean, we were doing fine in our minds, but there was always in the back of our mind, like, what if, since we both work in high liability jobs, what if something happened? And what if one of us lost our job, we would be sunk. I mean, we just wouldn't be able to sustain. So where was the tipping point for you? Yeah. When did it change? My sister and brother-in-law decided that they were going to get their finances in order. And my sister is always the most organized of all four of my siblings. And so she said, we're going to do this thing and we're going to do this Dave Ramsey program. And I've listened to the podcast and we're going to pay off all of our debt really, really fast. I was like, okay, well, you know, that sounds fun exciting, whatever, not for me. So she would give me updates over their debt-free journey, which they had less than we did. So they were done in like nine months. And so I knew about Dave Ramsey and I knew about his baby steps just through her. And then in August of 2018, I gave birth to my third child and I was sitting there at maternity leave nursing my baby, paying my credit cards and my student loans, uh, and thinking to myself, I am not getting paid for half of this maternity leave. And these bills are still going to come. And these bills are still going to need to be paid. Now we had savings that we knew we were going to have to dip into to maintain our lifestyle. And I just texted my husband and I was like, I'm I think we need to do this. Like, I think we need to just completely overhaul our life and just be done with it. And he was like, all right, let's do it. So I called my sister and I said, bring your spreadsheets, bring your budget. (laughs) Like we got to do this. And so my husband and I sat down and we calculated out how much we spent on eating out, just eating out every single month. And it was over a thousand dollars. I mean, it's, you know, Starbucks up so fast. You know, it's Starbucks every morning for the both of us and, you know, lunch at work and grabbing a coffee on the way home and, you know, being too tired to cook. So you call down and you order takeout and it adds up so fast. I saw a meme that I posted um, in one of our groups recently that really spoke to me about how much things can add up. If you spend $27 in change every day of the year, you'll go through $10,000 that year in just miscellaneous expenses. So it's like wow. you can, so now every time I spend $27, I went to Target the other day and I spent like 28 bucks and I was like, man, this is how you spend $10,000. <laughs> I am just yeah. impressed that you walked out of Target spending 28 
$1,000. I know. I'm like, I'm over here like 28. God, I can barely. I mean, I cannot leave without spending $200. That's yeah. why I have to target cannot. drive up. I order it on the app. If you don't walk in, you can't buy that. Yeah, true. you're totally right about yes, that. Well, first yes. of all, I want to commend you, first of all, for sharing your story because it's so relatable um, to people in low income brackets, high income brackets. I think that people tend to think, oh, you make a really good living. So you probably have no debt. When to get to that living, you probably incur more, you know, with the education and then people mm-hmm. just start living outside of their means. And the more you right. have, the higher level you live at. So well, that's not actually- to say feel sorry for us, but you know, it's relatable to everybody. So thank you for sharing that. And I can't wait to hear like where on earth you started with this. Cause this is already overwhelming me. Okay. So start with how much did like, what was your like starting number and how long ago did you start? Like, what time frame did you get it down to zero? Because I think you're down to zero we're now. We're not right? down to zero yet. We will be okay. down to zero at the like middle to like September-ish. We should be down to zero. okay. Nice. Awesome. Wow. So this year. So what's yeah. your what's your starting number and what's your time frame that you've been doing this? So time? my baby was six weeks old when we took out a credit card consolidation loan from the bank so that we could just wipe out our credit cards, put it all in one big chunk. Now, this is not what Dave Ramsey recommends. It's just moving money around. It, you know, it's, it's kind of apples to apples, but it's not exactly what he recommends. So we took out the consolidation loan and we closed our cards. So when was that? This was in September of 2018. So my baby was six weeks old at this point. And that was really what kickstarted does he recommend uh, like and I really don't know the Dave Ramsey process so like this is a genuine question does he recommend closing cards because don't you lose like your credit does recommend he does okay he he doesn't want anyone to have a credit score because you you don't buy everything in cash if you buy everything with cash yeah so what was your starting number so our starting number I'm actually looking at my net worth spreadsheet right now so (laughs) Ball, you don't have to give us exact numbers. Just yeah, like what was your it. top that you owed? Two eighty five. Two eighty five. Now, um, and you're gonna do that all in two years. Yep. Holy cow! Awesome. While still That's living, awesome. Like eating. While yeah. Living. Now, we live. You don't live in a box. <laughs> I live in or your car. <laughs> we eat. I. Yeah. We're not starving. We just do the fun <laughs> things that we used to do. We find different ways to be entertained and spend time together as a family. So what are some things you have changed or deleted or hacked? Um, Budgeting is the most important thing. So I think, you know, we, so I use the Dave Ramsey program. He does have his Financial Peace University. I have not been through Financial Peace University. I just listened to the podcast. But so he has his baby steps. So baby step one is save a thousand dollar emergency fund. So we took our savings and we, we dropped it to $6,000 because we couldn't really stomach a thousand. Given we have kids in daycare and private school, we, we took it to six instead of 1000. And then you list your debt smallest to largest in the debt snowball. And then you start paying off smallest to largest as you go along. And the idea is you knock off those smaller debts. It creates a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence and a lot of excitement about getting debt free. So you keep the momentum rolling 
we are in our final two student loans. So we only have $60,000 left. Wow. That's amazing. Nice. So do you count your mortgage towards your debt? Um, that is in baby step six, which is paying off your mortgage. And you guys did that already? We have not done that. So we are in baby step two, which is all of your consumer and your student debt. Okay. Got it. So So all your credit cards, bank loans, medical bills, IRS bills, you know, any, any consumer debt and mortgage debt is later down the line. Now I love the idea of starting small because some people tell you to start big, like pay off your biggest things first because of the interest rate. But I totally am catching the um, idea of paying off small things because you do need that momentum Mm -hmm. and you do need that positive reinforcement. Like we can do this because if you start with your biggest amount, you're going to get so discouraged because it's not going down and you're like, this sucks. Whereas if you start low, I get it. Like you start cranking them out one by one and you're like, all right, we're moving, we're moving, we're moving, keep going. Um, I love that idea. I, I personally feel like I've heard the opposite before, but this one makes so much sense. Yeah. It's like, so this, I'm just it's gonna, like the snowball effect and yeah. uh, you keep checking snowball. boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to clarify some terminology for people. Um, there's two different like standard debt payoff methods that people can do. The first is the debt snowball method, which is the one Dave Ramsey recommends and the one Laura did. And that's where you start, like she said, with the smallest one and work your way up. doesn't matter what the interest rate is. You pay the smallest debt first and just check those boxes and go up. Mm-hmm. The other one is called the debt avalanche and it's paying off the highest interest rate first, no matter the size. And so, you know, it really depends on, I kind of did a a mix of them both when I was paying off my student loans, because my biggest loan was also the highest interest rate. Mm -hmm. But then the smaller loans were all about the same size. And so I just picked like the one that had the highest interest rate and paid that one first. Mm -hmm. So just, I know that our audience has probably heard of some of these different strategies. And I just wanted to clarify the terminology. Yeah. For and we're also, none of us are like financial gurus. Um, talk to your financial advisor about this. This is just what worked <laughs> for Laura and for what we do yeah. and um, kind of like what we like, what works for our family. So definitely disclaimer there. Don't right. do us later because you're unhappy. So, I mean, I will tell you, anybody can do this. So if you listen to his podcast, people who are making a combined income of $45,000 a year all the way up to people making combined incomes of a million dollars a year are able to pay off their debt using this method. And he, and if he talks to all categories of income earners, so there's single parents, single people, divorcees, you know, there, it works for everybody. It's really a mindset as opposed to you make so much money, you can do this. I don't make that kind of money. I can't. Right. So Laura, where did you start? So you looked at your, you started with a budget and you looked at your spending. Um, What were some of the things that you cut out? Like, right. Like that you could just like buy an item off and be like, nope, we're not going out to eat anymore. Nope. We don't need this subscription to whatever. Like, where did you start with like cutting things? The bucks. Going out to eat. My cleaning lady. Oh, girl. Oh, my God. Oh. I want the so bad. Yeah. You'll get her. You're <laughs> almost there. You'll, almost you're so there. close. I know. I know. <laughs> um, so we cut our gym memberships. I was seeing a person uh. and I cannot wait to get back to that. Basically, any 
superfluous item. So subscription boxes, we didn't have cable TV. We cut that long, long ago, but we did keep our streaming services because we do have three small kids. And let's face it, I'm not a masochist all the way. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Netflix isn't that expensive. No, No, it's not. And actually Disney plus gets more playtime in my house right now anyway. And it's cheaper, but we, we cut it. We cut it all. We haven't been on vacation. We switched where we were doing our grocery shopping to a more, we used to shop at our local grocery store. Now we shop at Aldi, which shout out to Aldi. They have great products and great seasonal items. And, and we really have not noticed a difference in grocery shopping takes like no time at all because you can choose from the full fat version or the fat free version. There's not multiple brands of all. So it's easy. It, you know, we're in and out in less than an hour. And let's see, what else do we cut? Yeah, the cleaning lady was a sad one. Our lawn service. What about your car? Did you have a car payment? We did, but we've paid up off both of our cars. We we briefly talked about selling my minivan, but that was like brief that was quickly taken off the table. (laughs) Um, not that I'm a minivan mom, but I just with the three kids and everything, and it wasn't that big of a part of our monthly income that we couldn't just roll it into our debt snowball and take care of it. Yeah. Right. So talk to us a little bit about your um, grocery budget. And I know you were um, mentioning to us in your notes that um, meal planning and menu planning is a lifesaver. And a lot of us abide by that anyway, just in terms of like time and saving your sanity, but talk to us about how, you know, you mentioned that the budget is the rule and how does this menu planning fall into it? Do you follow shelf cooking, pantry cooking? What is it? So I cook fresh almost every day. All of our dinners, I, I prepare and make plenty of leftovers so that my husband and I can take those for lunch. I haven't bought lunch at work since I've started this process with the exception of the other day when I forgot lunch and I had like six dollars in my wallet. And I was like, and there we go. Like <laughs> I used to do that every day, you know, 30 bucks or more a week for lunch at work. Um so we have a I there's five in my family and I budget seven hundred dollars a month for groceries for the five of us. And that includes every single breakfast, every single lunch, every single dinner, and every single snack. And I've got three boys and they really like to snack. So we were spending prior to this close to a thousand dollars in groceries a month. And so, and then we would throw stuff away and we were eating out and we were still spending a thousand dollars a month eating out. So we have essentially our food budget by almost $1,400 a month. Um, That's amazing. yeah. Yeah. And it really is all preparation. So you find those items, those those um, meals that you know your kids are going to eat, and then those are kind of the backbone of our meal plan for the week. And I always ask my kids, "What do you want for dinner this week? What do you want for breakfast on the weekend?" And I we make them a part of our whole process so that they've got a little skin in the game and they feel like they have a voice as well. So usually I do a meal that each. I mean, the baby doesn't really get a pick. He eats anything, but my other two that they get to have an opinion on. And then the rest of it is stuff that I know that they'll eat. And then I always provide something on the side that I know that they will eat. So nobody starves. 
Do you um, uh, coupon? I don't coupon. Who's wow, got time that's amazing. Coupon? You're but, saving almost $17,000. I just did some quick math a year from making the small grocery budget change and not eating out. That's crazy. Yeah. So will you crazy. go out to eat for a birthday or it's just, you cannot go out to eat. We, so we also budget a little bit of cash that I take out on the first of every month. And then we call it our family fund budget, our family fund money. And so the kids know when it's gone, it's gone. So if we decide that we want to go get donuts in the morning on a weekend, then we'll use that money. And so my husband and I just celebrated our anniversary in January and we went and ate as a family at a restaurant. Um, and we use that money. If we want to go to the movies, we use that. And But it's always finding, like, we'll go to the matinee or we'll go to, like, you know, the 10 o'clock show or whatever in the morning so that tickets are a lot cheaper. Or we wait until um, they have, like, a special showing and tickets for kids are, like, blue bucks or something like that. So it That's takes awesome. a little more planning and paying a little attention. Like, social media is really nice for that if you follow local places you know, that they'll, they'll have those kind of specials and then you can kind of make it part of your plan. Yeah. And I'm loving that you guys do allow yourself a small budget to go do the fun thing so that you're not fully like checked out of the world, but also, um, you know, I'm sure you guys make mistakes too, right? Like in the beginning. So can you talk to our listeners a little bit about that, how to not be so hard on yourself? So our, our, actually our grocery budget started off much smaller than 700 and we just like kept going over it. And I'm like, I don't know. Like at the end of the week, there is no food left in our refrigerator. Like we're eating it all and we're like over budget on groceries. And so we, over several months of doing this, we settled on 700 because it, it seems to be like, that's kind of always where we were landing at the end of the month and there was nothing left over in our fridge. So it takes some time and fine tuning. And, you know, sometimes you got to buy diapers twice in a month. So your toiletry budget will go over a little bit or, you know, you know, the dog needs to go to the vet. So your vet budget is, you know, over for the month. So things will happen and you just have to be easy on yourself in that case. And, you know, it takes a good three to four months to really fine tune your budget and know where you're really spending and to be honest with what you're really spending. Now, if you're going to the grocery store and you're buying the most expensive items and you're always going over your budget, then maybe that that's a red flag. Like I need to settle on something less or fine tune my budget some way. So what Yeah, budget tools are you using? I know you mentioned that Dave Ramsey has a tool. So he, he has every dollar. So Dave Ramsey has every dollar, but honestly, my husband and I just use Google sheets. He can see it on his phone. I can see it on my phone. When he goes to get gas, he can put in what he's spent immediately in the spreadsheet. So we always have a real time of where our budget is for the month. And then we always talk about the budget. They, Dave Ramsey talks about having budget meetings every month. So if you know you have Christmas or you know you have a birthday co- coming up, you can put that as a line item in your budget. So then you don't feel bad and you're like, oh my gosh, 
I spent $50 on my kid for his birthday. It wasn't really in the budget when honestly it should have been in the budget. So you're not being hard on yourself for purchasing something that was not planned for. So do you sit down like the end of the month? Like mm-hmm. now, would you sit down to plan March's budget? Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So usually the last week we sit down, we look at all of our retirement accounts, all, you know, all of our savings accounts that we have for the kids and things. And we plug that into our net worth spreadsheet and, you know, how much our mortgage has gone down for the month. And then we sit down and we talk about the budget and things that we need to think about budgeting for, for the next month. Are you guys um, focusing mainly on paying off that uh, consumer debt or are you also doing things like maxing out your 401k and overpaying your mortgage at this moment? So at this moment, it is purely debt reduction, just the consumer debt reduction. So Dave Ramsey will say, stop contributing to your retirement. We did not do that. We just reduced our contribution to the match. Yes. Thank Um, you. Yeah. (laughs) That makes the most sense. Yeah, well, I think his rules. I think his rules most of the time apply to people who are like crushed by debt and have like no Mm -hmm. living like ours. Whereas for our um, level of income and all that, I feel like you made a um, little adjustment that allows Mm -hmm. you to do both, and we're lucky enough to be able to do that. So disclaimer on that. But I totally agree. Um, I think if you can swing both, do both because you'll never catch up to that money in retirement. And it's part of your like pay, you know, like that, that company match is like included in your benefits and it's viewed as part of your pay. So you're just leaving money on the table. So if you can just go down to the match level and then put everything else towards, you know, that Mm -hmm. makes the most sense, but anyways, continue. Yeah. So, um, we just reduced to the, to the match and then we did refinance our mortgage from a 30 to a 15 year. Um, we've been in our home for, um, eight and a half years now. And we had a traditional 30 year at like four and a quarter. And when interest rates went down earlier last year, like August ish of last year, we did the math and we could refinance to a 15 at a lower interest rate and keep our mortgage payment the same. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love it. Love it. We do that. So even if we don't pay anything in addition ever on our mortgage, we're still finishing paying off our house before we would have with our other. Totally. So yes. Awesome. And the interest is not out for the company. Right. And the interest savings alone by cutting that is, is just Crazy. amazing. Yeah, so, people don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. So we have really taken our budget from astronomical, out of this world, no regard for what you were spending, down to bare bones. And now we've paid off enough debt that if one of us lost our job, we could keep living the lifestyle we are currently without paying off any additional. That's amazing. Congratulations. So what are you like fantasizing about for when it's all said and done. When it's all over. <laughs> and do you make vision boards? Talk to us about that. So we don't make vision boards, but we do talk about stuff all the time. Our first thing is we want to take the kids on a nice trip. I mean, traveling right now with a one and a half year old, we've all done it. It's not fun. Um, <laughs> it's not. So I don't really miss that part, but I want to take it. We want to take a trip, just the two of us, because we'll be celebrating 15 years of marriage shortly wow. after this is done. 
But then my oldest son, who is eight, he really likes to travel and he, he misses going on vacation. So, but he has skin in the game too. Like he sees this, he's, he remembers what it was like when we were spending all the time. And now he'll, you know, we'll do something a little extra with our fun money. And he'll say, are you sure? Oh, that's cute. That's great. Those are awesome habits. It is. So really how is. have you gotten him involved in this process? So we actually went in, my brother got married last November and we had to drive through Nashville and we actually stopped by Ramsey Solutions, which even if you're not a Dave Ramsey follower, it, it was, everybody there was so nice, but we actually got the personal tour and my oldest was actually interviewed by their YouTube host <laughs> cool. about debt and how much he personally has saved in his account and what he does with his money. Um, so he is very aware of what's going on, but the crazy thing is when he was three, he used to ask for things all the time at the store. And now my current three-year-old doesn't ask for anything because he yeah. hasn't known anything different. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my uh, three-year-old thinks that trucks and money grow on trees. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a blessing. And, and what have you done to like encourage that, um, you know, because I think at some point every little kid goes into a store and says, I want to take this home with me. Like this toy looks really cool. So what have been your strategies to, you know, kind of teach them about money as you guys have been learning and re-strategizing your money plans? Yeah. So, um, we basically say it's not in a budget, you know, if you want to buy something, you have to budget for it and you have to have the money for it. I don't have the money for it right now. Do you have the money for it right now? Cause we just use cash and then they say no. And they put it back. My one is a he's a saver by nature. Um, he spent all of his birthday money and Christmas money and first communion money. And he saved it all. And he bought his own Nintendo switch. Like that was not something that my husband and I were going to purchase, but he, saved it all and bought it himself. That's awesome. It gives him a sense of accomplishment too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, do you give them an allowance or do you do the bank of mom and dad? Like, uh, the physician on fire does. I loved what he said and I am going to steal that when this is all over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah. Right. So we used to do an allowance. Um, and it was like a commission-based allowance. So you do the work, you get paid. You don't do the work, you don't get paid. Just like any other job. We've kind of fallen away from that while we've started been doing this process. But when we're all done and my three-year-old will then be almost, he'll be four and a half. He will hopefully get the point of doing chores and stuff more. And we'll, I think we're going to reinstitute like the bank of mom and like do the bank of mom and dad. Cause I thought that that was just fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. Super so, cute. Can you talk to us kind of about like emotionally, mentally, how you are now compared to how you were before and how this has affected your marriage? Cause I know you said you're going on 15 years, which is an accomplishment in itself considering the financial stress you guys were under. Most marriages fail from financial stress. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing. You guys took control of it and where are you now? Are you happier? Are you stressed more now? Cause you're living so tightly. Talk to us about that. So my husband and I 
we've always had a very strong marriage. Um, but this definitely makes us so much stronger. We talk about money all the time, but it's not like the negative talk. Like you spent what on that? Like it's not money fights. It's money discussions now about our strategy for paying off our debt. And especially in the beginning when I, whenever one of us would say, so I've been thinking about, uh, you knew you were like in for this long discussion about this whole analysis of we should, you know, pay this debt and then this debt and then this debt. But we are, if you can talk about money with your spouse and not argue about it, you can talk about anything. Like nothing is off the table because most marriages in the United States crumble from money, from hiding what you spend, from spending too much, from having too much debt. You know, marriages just fall under the the cracks of that. And we talk about it all the time and our marriage is stronger now than it has ever been. So it's not fun though. Like yeah. this program is not fun and you know that it's not going to be fun while you're doing it, but you know that when you're done, every single dollar that is in your paycheck is yours. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go to anybody else. There's not some debt collector on the other side. And I never had debt collectors calling me, but they, it's yours and you can do with it however you want. You can take a nice vacation. You can redo your master bathroom. You can save it for the future. It's, it's all yours. And for us, that freedom is so motivating and exciting and we can't wait to get to that point. So Laura, so short-term pain for long-term gain. Absolutely. Love Absolutely. It. So Laura, you're due to be, you're scheduled to be have paid off at the end of September, which is awesome. Two years, eighty or $285,000. That's amazing. Congratulations. Where are you kind of setting your sights now that your debt payoff journey is done? I know personally, I felt like, once I paid off my student loans, I kind of hit this wall where I was like, what's next? Like I was really focused on paying off that debt. And then I reached a point mm-hmm. where I was like, now what? And so that's how I found some of these, you know, financial websites like Physician on Fire and stuff like that. So where are you like, like, how are you going to switch your focus and where are you going to focus next? So if you go down the baby step, so baby step two is paying off all of your consumer debt. So then baby step three is you save up three to six months of your uh, three, three to six months expenses. So that's your emergency fund. And that can go just in a money market account or a bank account, you know, anything just, just so you can have it if you need it in a bind. So that is our next step. So we will hopefully be done with that by the end of this year. Um, so by Christmas, we will be completely and totally done with paying our consumer debt and we will have a fully funded emergency fund. And then you turn to saving for kids college, putting 15% of your um, income into retirement funds um, and paying down extra on your mortgage and you get to spend your money. So you can take trips. We really want to redo our backyard. We have a giant dog and it's a mud pit and <laughs> I just... We want a nice tech. <laughs> um, 
So then you start thinking about those things. Like I can travel with just my husband. We got married so young and then we started going to school and we really haven't had a chance to travel just the two of us, um, which is something that we both talk about. Like, where do we want to go? What do we want to do? Um, you know, renovations around the house and being able to save enough for our kids that they don't have to take out student loans, if at all possible. I mean, this is the only country that you can't buy a beer, but you can sign up for tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of student debt. Yeah, as long as you can fog up a mirror and get some money. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast, I think by Dave Ramsey, and they were saying the default rate on student loans is something in like close to 30%, and the default rate on homes is like under 10%. Yeah. Um, and it's because you have like zero life skills, and they just hand you hundreds of thousands of dollars right. in debt. And, with, you're and then you're 18 years old, and you don't yeah. know. Like, no, like, oh, you don't. And you come out, you can't even get a job after college these days, and then they can't get a mortgage, and then the interest rate just racks up on the student loans. They don't wait for you to get established. Um, it, it's really a negative cycle, and I'm so I love your story. Um, I'm so inspired by your story, and I just like I, I'm just watching you talk, and I, I mean I'm amazed. I I'm really <laughs> amazed by your commitment because it takes a lot to it's be able to lot. shut life down to do this. You know, Crystal, we are very blessed in where we live and that we have such great free stuff. Like we have zoos and museums and, you know, science center, like all of these things that are so geared towards families that are free. They're free. Yeah. And a low cost so, of living. To uh, God and bless you guys. Well, and my enjoy it. <laughs> a hike. So there's such great hiking where I am. And so we go hiking a lot. And, you know, it's something that's nice that wears out the kids, gets us outside, gets us physical, but is also really engaging yeah. for my husband and I as well. I am jealous. Where I live, cost of living is high. Taxes are astronomical. Um, and there's nothing. I mean, not nothing. A few things free. But when I lived in D.C., everything was free for kids. All the museums are free. All the city stuff is free. Um, cities like that are amazing for this. And you can find free stuff. stuff like for kids, kind of like hiding, like hiding under rocks, like Home yes. Depot. The first Saturday, oh, I, I love know, it. The yeah. first Saturday of every month, Home Depot does a free kids workshop, and you can go in there. They give you a free little apron that they have, and they had like cookies sometimes, and you just like put together this little project. And our kids absolutely love it. It's completely free. Right. It just we don't always, you know. Sometimes we'll like be like, well, we need to go to Home Depot anyways, so we'll just buy like this or that. We don't always buy something when we go, and it's just a free activity mm -hmm. to occupy the kids. Uh, first Saturday of every month, just go check it out at your local Home Depot. It's just nice to find those little free activities yeah. just hiding in plain sight. Yeah, I know. Um, a little tip on that. You can register online ahead of time, but when you go, show up early because if, if you show up like in 15, 30 minutes after it starts, they'll run out of their little. Oh, I've um, never experienced that sets. at our Home Depot. We must yeah. not have yeah. a, oh, really? a high traffic oh, area. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We are not sponsored no, by Home Depot not. or Aldi <laughs> or anything else. I wish we were, dang, <laughs> but uh, we're not. Um, I definitely, I'm a, I'm so in love with your story and I definitely want to um, chat and see like Lacey and Crystal, what the three of us are doing to 
might maybe help our families out um, financially. So do you guys have any tips for our listeners too? I'll throw mine in at the end. Well, my, my hot tip was the Home Depot thing, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <Okay>. Noted. <laughs> one of the things that we, um, you know, have done with our kids is try to, uh, you know, our kids have so many toys and people, you know, especially like our son was the first grandkid. And so it was like, everybody just felt like they needed to get him a toy for every event. And so we started asking for activities for Christmas and birthdays and stuff like that. So we've gotten um, years passes to the children's museum as Christmas presents for the kids. So it's an activity they can use all year long. It's something that, you know, grandma and grandpa are happy to do. And then we're able to, um, you know, still keep it, you know, you know, we, we have our, it's already paid for, you know, and so we're able to just like make that time. And then we're not out at the movies or restaurants or spend, you know, spending money that way. And so getting those things as gifts instead of toys that we're just going to use for a few years or a few months and then just end up in the box in the closet. So I highly recommend asking for those things for Christmas. That's a good one. I will say I'm going to piggyback off of Laura's advice for two things. One, so kind of piggybacking. I have talked about this, I think, before. I follow Jordan Page on YouTube. She's a mom of soon to be eight. Last I heard she had she six. Has, she does. And then she got pregnant with oh, twins. Boy. She's about to give birth like any day. <laughs> oh, so she's going from six to eight. And they have killer budgeting advice. I mean, her life is so well planned and thought out and she shares all of her advice all over social media for free and then you can also do her budget boot camps which I've never done but anyway um, the biggest thing I have learned from her is shelf cooking and pantry cooking because you look at what you have and you plan your meals to use that up otherwise your shelf your pantry and your freezer stay stocked forever and you never actually use the stuff so I literally do an inventory every single week of what is in my fridge freezer and pantry I go on allrecipes.com literally just type in the ingredients that I want to use and it spits out recipes. So then I actually use what I have. I only buy what I need to supplement that. And she recommends, and I follow this to a T, a grocery budget of $100 per person in your family per month. So we have four people. So $400 a month is all I spend. And you only go grocery shopping once a week, come hell or high water at one store. So you don't go to like Target and Walmart and grocery and this and that because it's easier to overspend. I've been doing it. It was life-changing for us. I mean, I was spending so much before on groceries. And the other thing is I use Dave Ramsey's Every Dollar app. And the reason I think this works is the same concept. I think it's totally true when they say, what is it? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Same thing with meal planning. Same thing with grocery budgeting. This app is great because in the beginning of the month, you plan out for your month. So your constants, you know, mortgage, car payments, yada, yada, all stay the same. And then things that you, you know, are miscellaneous with for that month, you can plan ahead for. And your goal with the app is to spend every single dollar from your income that month. You assign it to whatever you need. And once you're done assigning and you have like X amount left over, you put that into savings. And so as you're going through your month and actually logging what you're spending, you'll see here's where I'm going over, here's where I'm not. And then when you're out of money to spend, you're done. Like you're not spending just to spend at that point. And so you actually take that money and put it into savings. And that was like a game changer for us the past three months. I mean, we were saving like thousands and thousands of dollars, whereas before I'd probably walk into Target and spend it all somehow. Another thing that I will say is, piggybacking off Ellen's thought there. 
when making a budget, I think one of the things my husband and I do that I really like is we look at how much do we want to save and put that away and then we spend what's left. We don't make our budget and same concept. Yeah. yeah, We don't make our budget and spend, you know, okay, this is, oh, we only have this much left to save. We like, we want to put this much in savings. This is what we have left to spend. This is how we're going to make our budget. And a couple different tools that I think have been helpful is I use Mint and personal capital. Um, Mint is really good for, it's not a great budgeting app, but what it's really good for is looking at what your like categories of what you're spending on. So at the end of every month and at the end of every year, my husband and I look at, okay, we spent this much on home. We spent this much on food. We spent this much on, you know, our remodeling project or vacations or whatever. And is that really in line with what we value and where we want to spend our money? So it's kind of a good like retrospective evaluation tool and personal capital helps you track your net worth throughout, you know, your retirement funds and all your bank accounts and stuff like that. Yeah. That is a really motivating thing. Um, so we just use Google spreadsheets, but we can see our net worth getting, you know, starting off as negative. And now like we are so positive and, you know, it, that is so motivating to see your efforts and your sacrifices and your family's sacrifices making a difference. And, you know, totally. when this is all over, we're going to be, our kids are going to be fine. Our, we're going to retire early, hopefully, and live a life that we built together as a couple. And we went through this thing and it really sucks while we're doing it. Yeah. But it makes but, you so strong. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be so worth it in the end. And yeah. then we can just like enjoy this life. And, you know, if I want to go down to part time, I can, and I can be the mom I want to be, and I can be the CRNA I want to be, and it is just going to be everything that I want to be. Yeah. So it like seeing your net worth go up is so motivating. Yeah. Crystal, what do you guys do at your household? So you guys gave really great advice and I, I, uh, echo the Home Depot thing, but, um, (laughs) so my main thing, I used to go literally every single morning to Starbucks and I would get like a breakfast, a coffee, and even sometimes lunch for the day. I mean, it was like Mm -hmm. $25 a day. There you go. There's that 10 G's that (laughs) Lacey talked about. So you know what I do now? I don't go through Starbucks, but, um, I have mastered an at-home skinny vanilla latte. Ooh. Yeah. Practice makes perfect. You just got to (laughs) practice, practice, practice. Show notes. We need this. Yeah, in the I'll, show put, notes it, I'll I need put it in the show notes. Legit. We yeah. need a YouTube we video of you making this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yes. But um, for our story. yeah, this has been great, Laura. We really uh, yeah. enjoyed chatting with you and you had some really good bits of uh, advice for us and for our listeners. So I was so nervous to come here and talk about this because I mean, we have a, my husband and I have a lot of support amongst our families. Like my whole family is doing this. Even my mom. And my brother is now debt free, and my other brother is almost debt free. And my sister's amazing. Wow. And then my husband's family has always been more financially savvy. His parents have always been more financially savvy. But this isn't stuff that was talked about in college or high school mm-hmm. or even like amongst our families. Like, so I think we're setting kids up for failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you guys are changing the trend. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Totally. Go us, females talking finance. I love it. You know, usually it's the guys, but I, I hope all the mamas that listen to this um, really feel empowered to make changes, even if they're small, um, to benefit your family because you can do it. It doesn't have to come from your husband or from your partner. Um, you can change one small thing and like really get the ball rolling. And you don't so have to do I it all in two years them. either. You can do it right. in whatever time, time frame you want. But thank you so much, Laura, for coming and talking to us about yeah, thank your you so story. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. And thanks to everybody for listening. We really appreciate you guys. And if you could hop over to our socials, uh, you can follow us at, at Hey Smart Mamas on Instagram and at Hey Smart Mamas on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook at Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, subscribe, review us, yes. share us with your friends. And um, we can't wait to see you guys next time. Talk to you soon. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.